Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, before we get uh, started here today, a couple of uh, uh, news and notes from around the league. Uh, Len Dawson died today. Yeah, and I don't know if a lot of Steeler fans know this. Uh, if you're if you're a younger Steeler fan, you might not know this. Lenton Dawson was originally drafted in 1957, number five overall by the five Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. Right, right. And spent several years in Pittsburgh, and then uh, I think one season in Cleveland before going to mm. Kansas City I didn't know and becoming a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and he was, you know, early early Super Bowls. It was his heyday, and great player. Um, he had to be pretty old, right? I mean, he was he, in he, his late eighties. Yeah, late, well into. His I was 80s. used to watch uh, Inside the NFL with uh, Len Dawson. Yeah, on that's HBO. A good one. Right, that was, right. That was a great show. It was one of the first ones that really gave you game film yes, from NFL films. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, Nick Bonacotti and yeah, yeah, all those ones. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. Um, I wonder. The Steelers didn't have the best track record in those days. You know, Dawson, Unitas were both, you know, Steeler property and go on to be Hall of Famers elsewhere. I would wonder what the story is behind all those, how that went down. Yeah, you know? good luck getting anybody to admit to that mistake. Right. <laughs> and there's not a lot of people left that were no, around that were involved. Around, yeah, and, but uh, he was a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, just uh, a really good football player. Led mm-hmm. the Chiefs to a couple of Super Bowls. and or I'm with one you, Super Bowl, yeah. And, and I think they lost another one. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you though. I remember media first, player second. Yeah, yeah. You know, which I'm sure a lot of people have. Well before now, our time. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a lot more common nowadays. But I mean, he was one of the first ones in the media that was really doing well. Yeah. Uh, on another note, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, announcing that uh, your guy Don Coriel, a finalist now, yeah, uh, which means he'll be going to the Hall of Fame. He's in. Yeah, that guy. Right, they, they, whoever the uh, the Veterans Committee. Puts up as the coach contributor usually gets in. Mm-hmm. Um, so Coriel gets in, and uh, well, Marty Schottenheimer waits yet another year on mm. this. Yeah, I've been pushing for Coriel, and part of it's kind of like we just said is my youth. You know, when I was seven to 12 years old, you know, that's when they were rolling. You know, there was John Jefferson and Joyner and Wes Chandler and Winslow and Muncie and Fouts and a good line and on and on and on. James Lofton, I think, ended up there at some point. And they were just way ahead of their time. They threw the football a ton. They really didn't care about drafting or adding defense at all. And they would always run into some cold-weather team, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, whatever, and not quite get to where they needed to be. But, man, everyone my age 
loved them. And I, you know, I was a huge Steeler fan, but I had a Dan Fouts jersey. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, that, they were just a blast to watch. No one else played the game like them. And Coriel was way ahead of his time in terms of creating that offense too. You know, schematically. I still personally, on a personal level, would rather see Schottenheimer mm-hmm. get in before him. I mean, he's got. I understand that he's got seventy more wins, right? A uh, much better winning percentage. You know, a couple of cha- conference championship games. I know people say, "Well, he didn't win the big one." I get it, neither but that wasn't necessary. Yeah, neither did Coriel. Right, That's right. my kind of my where I was going with that. Like these guys were, you know, Schottenheimer coached I think twenty years, well over twenty, 20 years, years in the NFL okay. and had two losing seasons. Had two losing seasons. I mean. Is it really that much different than Tomlin's resume at this point? Not all that much. It's pretty close. I mean, and and then you look at his coaching tree, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, just from the guys, Bo Cower. Right, right. um, Massive influence. Yeah, Tony Dungy, Mm -hmm. and then also uh, Bruce Arians uh, worked under him Mm, as well. So, I mean, that's just three of them. And there's other guys that have won Super Bowls. Like, yeah, Marty didn't win a Super Bowl, but, you know, he coached a lot of guys, or he was a head coach. And a lot of his assistants went on to win Super Bowls. I mean, I, I think there's something to be said. There's such a, you know, I get it, Air Coriel, but you also have Marty Ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they had That's their own. To say. They had their own way of playing. Obviously, Hall of Fame voters should be ahead of the curve on this stuff. But I've always felt that Coriel, his first thoughts of him as a fan are throwing it all over the place, like I just said, three wide, a, a tight end that can catch the ball, holy smokes, you know, fouts in the in, in the shotgun, where immediately people think of Schottenheimer, and it's like, hey, he's going to hand it to Christian Okoye again. Or the fumble. But again, Browns he, was, teams, you he know? was involved in, in, in a couple of the biggest... Um, I don't know, you know, but I don't know if he'd call them upsets, but they mm-hmm. were they were memorable conference championship games in the eighties, where yeah, I mean, my goodness, and then you know, you look at what he did in Cleveland, what he did in Kansas City, yeah, Kansas City football. Oh, they were. If you're a young fan, from Len Dawson to <laughs> from yeah, from right. Len Dawson until <laughs> right. Marty Schottenheimer taking over, there's a void. The, the Chiefs were the Bengals, or the Chiefs right, were right, the, right. they were the... Lovable losers, yeah. everybody, yeah, good fans, and that's about it. I mean, they, yeah. he resurrected that, that franchise. Yep, with linemen and running the ball and fundamentals and Derek Thomas and, you know, yeah. that era, yeah. pretty loaded, and he got the most out of them. And one of the first things I always think about when I hear Schottenheimer's name, too, is he was let go, I think, after a 14-2 and season. I think it was fifteen and one with the Chargers. I was hesitant. Yeah. I wasn't sure, so I was, you know, erring on the com or the, the. He also got let go by the by Washington after an eight and eight season when they hadn't gone eight and eight. And that was a big achievement in the previous decade. Into, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, uh, but you know, Shanahan became available. Well, that didn't work out either. Like, yeah, that's when you know they were just going through coach after coach after coach, chasing the, the mm-hmm. big names, and they go eight and eight under Marty, and and uh, well, that wasn't good enough. They, you know. They were spending awful money on Deion Sanders and Bruce Smith and Albert yeah. Hainsworth. I mean, when everybody those guys was, were done. Yeah, you know, everybody I mean, any was Any big done. name that was shot, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, unf- anyone that gets fired after a one or two win se- lost season, <laughs> I don't care if you get blown out by 40 points it's in the be the first only round. time in NFL history happened. I think it is. I yeah. mean, my goodness. I mean, come on. What do you want to do here? But yeah. I think they both have strong cases. I wouldn't fight you that Schottenheimer is more deserving than Coriel. Yeah, I know Bill Cower uh, definitely feels that way. He and I spoke sure, about it yeah. in the spring, and and uh, you know he's like, look, you just remember the '89 season. Schottenheimer made the AFC Championship game using three different quarterbacks. Wow, 
Yeah, people forget the details <laughs> I mean, of the, some of these things. Right? You're down yeah. to your third-string quarterback, and you still made the AFC still, Championship. Yeah, it's kind of like a Joe Gibbs winning the Super Bowl with all the different yeah, quarterbacks same he's gone thing. through. Right, you know, yeah, but it's it, you close. Know, you know? I, I think sometimes with the league, maybe just a little bit too much emphasis in the NFL is put on, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, is put on Super, Super Bowl champions. I've thought that for a while, to be honest with you, because we've had this conversation, and people think we're – you know, excusing the Steelers' struggles in the pre in the postseason of late, but if you have a 500 record in the postseason, you're tearing it up as a quarterback or a coach or yeah. whatever. I mean, it's a unbelievably difficult gauntlet. Everyone always talks about how the Stanley Cup runs the hardest one, and I get that physically. You play so many games, but to go beat three teams that are your equals or better, or you know, is just often on the road, difficult. right? Yeah. And only one out of 32 gets the honor, so. You know, I, I think a lot of guys have gotten shortchanged that even if they weren't an instrumental part of a team, if they would end up with a ring, they're in the Hall of Fame, you know. And yeah. so I, I mean, I some people know. say that about Dan Marino. Dan Marino can't be the greatest quarterback of all time because, well, he, he didn't win a Super Bowl. Right. Well, <laughs> if we're picking up teams on the back lot, he's going pretty high. I mean, he was doing Babe Ruth-like stuff in the 80s. He was Mahomes. Long before anybody right, else right, was. Right, right, right. Like, he's throwing 50 touchdown passes. Everybody else in the league is throwing 25. As a second-year player <laughs> yeah. or as a rookie. You know, right. I mean, like, Duper and Clayton are fine, but they're not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it was yeah. Dan. You know, <laughs> you know, right. And Shula's trying to reel him in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. We can't play that way. No, right. Then eventually he's like, man, maybe we'll play that way. <laughs> uh, speaking of guys who played that way, mm-hmm. uh, one large Benjamin Roethlisberger was at the uh, Steelers facility today, uh, taking in practice over on the uh, sideline there. None of you guys. He didn't chat with any of you guys. He did anything, not. Right? No, I, he's no longer obligated to speak to the right. media. So it was never his favorite thing to begin with. I don't believe I so. No. Yeah, he was good at it. But <laughs> you said he was just kind of hanging with Tomlin and yeah, just observing he, he and poking his head some, in. Yeah, talking to some different players. Obviously, guys that he sure. played with. And at one point, uh, was you know kind of tossing the ball back and forth at Deontay Johnson. And so, okay, uh, but he looked good and looked uh, happy and good for him. Yeah, I mean, he's still in town. He's always welcome, of course, you know, I mean, and I would imagine you get the itch this time of year a little bit. Nice day. Maybe I'll stop down the south yeah, side and see what's know, going on. You can't play on. golf every day. Right. You know, maybe, <laughs> kids, hey, maybe the kids went back to school today. He's like, oh, I got an empty house. Speaking of which, my kids went back to school today. That was great. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe Hayward's like, hey, stop down. I haven't seen you in a while. Or he might be a good influence on the quarterbacks that are here as well. And I think him and Pickett had some kind of relationship as neighbors in the building. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the case. I okay, know okay. I know he was speaking with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, they had dinner together soon after after he was signed. after Mitch was signed here okay. and came into town. And uh, well, I, I'm not letting the cat out of the bag here by saying that uh, Trubisky was on cue today. I mean, he was he was slinging really? it today. Yeah. He looked good. Yeah, good, good. Um, and and he, folks, he spoke he's the one, today. by the way. Yeah, he <laughs> he spoke earlier today. Said uh, told us that uh, he expects to start. Yeah, this next preseason game, and uh, we'll see you know where that goes. But as we said yesterday, uh, Dan Campbell, the, the Lions coach, kind of let that cat out of the bag and said, "Well, I've spoke to Mike Tomlin. Mm-hmm. He's going to play as starters the entire first half." I actually wrote an article about it yesterday. It just went up today, talking about it's a great team to play if you're basically at full strength. I think the only guy they're not gonna, they're not going to play Jared Goff. They're not going to play Goff. I think which that's is okay. The, yeah. Blau started last game. Yeah. And and I didn't realize this until last night. I watched the the hard knocks of the most recent one came out last night. I watched it you know live. They had so many physical practices against the Colts leading into that game. That's why they rested everybody. Because yeah. I was like, this doesn't make any sense for a 
physical up-and-coming team to sit their dudes in week two. Well, it's because they beat the crap out of each other all week in Indy. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. You know, hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. It's funny you mentioned mm. that because I spoke to a Hamilcar Rashid today. Mm. And. He had a funny story. He's like, I get, you know, he got released by the the, the Jets last week. Mm-hmm. I think it was last week, two weeks, maybe two weeks ago now. Yeah. Whenever it was, and the Steelers signed him. We were back at camp. Once he, right, yeah, right. once he cleared waivers, the Steelers signed him within 15 minutes. Yeah, they apparently like him. Right, called him and told him he had, he was going to be in Pittsburgh in two hours. Like, wow. <laughs> so he, he said, I was, I was, I had been working out. I was going to get the Chipotle. All of a sudden, no, they get, I get a call. I got to get on, you know, get, now. yeah, get, get down there. Right this minute. Uh, he got there and Wednesday he night. That day. Yeah. Got, he got there Wednesday night, took his physical, went straight out with it. He said, I had no, you know, I hadn't eaten. <laughs> it's like, I just out to go out to practice. Probably he didn't goes, have a playbook. Or, he, know, he right. says, all of a sudden, we're going live. It wasn't, it wasn't because the day before it was kind of quiet. And remember, we were like, this is the most boring practice ever. He's like, I'm looking at this, I'm going, we're live tackling? Is, okay. They didn't do that in New York. Welcome. <laughs> yep, you should have showed up the day earlier. That a lot easier transition. It was funny because I remember being up at camp, and when they signed him, we got a tweet from someone, and I apologize now because they said, didn't you love him coming out of school? And I kind of made light of it. I'm like, I don't have any idea who this dude is. I couldn't remember. Whether, I didn't yeah, either, right? It had been a couple of years. But apparently the Steelers loved him coming out of yeah. school. I wish I'd have said, yeah, we liked him too. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't remember him at all. So they're apparently high on him. You mentioned yesterday that maybe that factors in in the Avery release. You know that if they're they think they found a guy, great. I, I mean, still they need think a guy there. Uh, yeah, I still think at that position, and I've been asked a lot about this. That mm-hmm. They're still going to be looking. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there, there'll be another, you know, Hamilcar Rashid or. I saw something. Somebody tweeted something today that maybe Quincy Roche might be. I saw an he could odd be man out uh, yeah. for the Giants. I mean, I don't know how the Thibodeau injury helped. But they yeah, I, don't, help I wouldn't him, think though. that would uh, yeah. help that at all. Uh, but there'll be somebody out there that they, I think there'll be a brand name guy. I think there'll yeah, be a, a five year veteran, an eight year yeah. veteran, somebody like Who's that. Got a handful of starts under mm-hmm. his belt, and, and and they may even have a good idea who that is. Or yeah, I'm sure they swap a six round pick for even. Or, yeah. you know. Yeah, the way that works, folks, I, I've been asked about this before as well. Well, do they scout, you know, do they scout other teams' camps? We can't scout somebody's camp. Right. Unless it is a paid, unless they're charging fans to come in. So, for example, when mm-hmm. the Steelers practice uh, in, during training camp out at Latrobe Memorial Stadium, 
because there's a cost of admission. Because there's there. a co- there's yeah. a price of admission paid there. Other teams can then send scouts in to that practice. Now I don't know if they do or not. Though. Yeah, who knows? Um, that's because that would be coming in for one practice. It probably isn't worth the travel yeah. fees and all that. And you don't know what because you're that was a big deal. I think it was the, get rained out or you know. I think it was Washington. Uh, this is probably six or seven years ago now. Was actually charging its fans to come in to watch training camp practices. I remember, right. which then opens it up. So when you're charging fans, other teams can then have their guys come in and legally yes. watch your practice. So the gray area there to me is. The Steelers, you have to get a ticket to come to. It doesn't cost anything. Right. That's different. As long as you're not uh, charging Would it break fans. NFL rules if the Ravens sent someone to every one of those practices? Yes. Okay. They'd yes. probably get away with it as long as they're not wearing Raven gear. And yeah, you, you and, might, yeah, you right. might get away with it. If, right. But if you got caught, you're going to lose a pick. Now, you're, or, yeah, right, now right, you're back right. into, you know, it's kind of a gentleman's agreement type thing that, hey, we're not going to do this. It's, kind of, yeah, it's against the rules. It's against the rules. Yeah. And if you get caught doing those kind of things, mm-hmm. well, you're going to pay the price for it. Interestingly, you know, that I, I think I've told you told people this before, but that's one of the few times of the year the drafts the other where all the area scouts are there during yeah. camp. And back in my day, they would send all those area scouts out to Panthers Bills, not to watch McCaffrey and Josh Allen, right? But here's a list of ten names for both teams that we think might get cut that would maybe be useful to us. And I was just you know talking to a couple of the Steelers scouts now, and they're like, yeah, we still do that. But tape's so much easier. Like, I don't have to be in the press You get the all 22 box. now. You right, get the, right. it's, it's all, it's all available. it's immediate. Yeah. You know, it's, it's at your fingertips all the time. Not that we didn't have tape back then, but I used to have to go walk down the basement, get a beta, stick it in my machine in my room. Yeah. And, It'd be a little know, grainy. It wouldn't be, you know, now yeah. you're getting high def. And, and you didn't know when it was going to be ready. Yeah. You know, so this stuff, it's there immediately. They probably watch it on their phones, you know, so... Yeah. They don't even travel as much as they used to, and I think COVID also put the kibosh on that a little bit too, and they realized, why bother? That's the one big but thing. But yes, I, they scout every other yeah, team. I think COVID changed so much of the scouting process. They realized All the travel's that, insane. Yeah, right. They realized that, hey, we don't need to do a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that we were doing. We just did it because that's how it was always done. Yes, and, and I think people know this too, but every team also has a pro scouting department. I was in charge of the NFC West, who was not on the Browns' schedule, so I had a grade on all their dudes. I mean, at this point, I didn't have a grade on 90 camp bodies. Yeah. But I knew the top 50, top 60. Well, back then it so. wasn't even 90, though. It was or whatever it was. Yeah, I think it was yeah, 80 yeah. back right, at, right. That, at that time. So, you know, they, they've added to the numbers at camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've also then, you know, there's more guys getting cut loose. Yes. Now we're at 80, you know, two weeks right, into right, this right, thing. Right, right, right. So, but you see, you're not, there are not going to be any surprises at this point. I think there might be a couple, but I mean... You're already seeing articles on ESPN and Pro Football Focus, and these could be the, quote, surprise cuts. Yeah. Well, then they're not surprising because somebody's <laughs> leaking it to you. You know, like Kenyon Drake got cut. Right. Okay. I mean, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is getting cut. You know, like, right. I mean, nothing. Is Kenyon Drake that surprising? He's expensive, and he's just a guy, you know? Yeah, I mean, and they've got other guys that mm-hmm. they've, you know, as soon as, you know, they drafted Rashad White, well, Somebody's gonna, you know. Yeah, and I think they brought in Bolden from the, the Patriots to play special teams. Yeah. So it's like this room's really crowded all of a sudden. Yeah. So that I mean that's kind of the way it goes here. Mm-hmm. But they do, they do some scouting of other teams in the preseason. Oh yeah. Particularly if it, if it's a team that they're going to play in the regular season. Oh, there's definitely that. There's some advanced yeah. scouting stuff that's already taken place a couple weeks in the past. Like for example, like I guarantee you, the Bengals are going to be watching the Trubisky tape. 
every snap of it over uh, and over. Uh, yeah, from last week's game, and they'll watch this mm-hmm. week's game. Uh, that's you know, Trubisky, especially because he's new. Yeah, because yeah, right. you got to see what it's going to look like. Uh, and, and Trubisky talked about that today. He said, "Look, you know, we we're a we're a we're not doing a ton of game planning for these games, but b we don't want to put too much out there. No, I think we're not going to show them. Every, you know, back, you're right. not going to show them everything you can show them. Like, sure. Oh, here it is, fellas. Have at it. Get, you know, get two weeks the to Bengals, prepare for this. They have a little bit of the surprise factor there. Yeah, you know, like you know, we, we're going to do different things. Every team does some different things, but." I know how the Bengals are going to play. You know, right. they, they go against them. Well, so it, you know. We've talked about that over the years. That you know, the Steelers for years never changed anything. No, right. You know, right, they right. had the same offensive coordinator, same defensive coordinator, same quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. Yeah, yeah. Well, this year, new defensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The offensive coordinators obviously changing things, mm-hmm. even though he was here the last year. And you got new quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, you and I have thrown some th- things out there without breaking secrets that we think will be a new look and things that teams haven't seen before from this team. And of course, it's going to be noticeably different from last year, but it'll be fun to see it live. You know, I mean, if, if all the stuff that we've seen through practice and being around the team comes to fruition on game days, you know, starting Sunday, two weeks, yeah. from, a couple weeks from now. So there's always little wrinkles. I know. I, mm-hmm. I, again, I get. I did my live chat today on on uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports, and you know, I get asked questions like, "What's this defense going to look like uh, with with Terrell Austin as the as the coordinator?" I'm like. It's going to be different. I think they're going to be. Right. You're going to see more defensive back packages, mm-hmm. um, you know, than we've seen in the past. But it's not going to be remarkably different. No, I don't think it's so. It's still T.J. Watt coming off the edge. It's still Cam Hayward coming up the middle. Mm-hmm. Right, you got to right, block right. that stuff first, and then you worry about the other stuff. I mean, with of course, no offense to Austin. If Flores would have been the off, had been named defensive coordinator, and Austin was head coach somewhere else or whatever. Then I'd be like, they might be drastically different. I don't know that it's... But Tomlin's going to well, have so much yeah, Mike Tomlin is the, here anyways. Yeah. And it's been working forever. Right. You yeah. don't change, you don't fix what's broken now. You could say, well, there were some things that were broken last year. Yes. But some of that was injury-related. A lot of it was injury-related. I don't know yes. if it was necessarily personnel. Uh, I didn't or, know or this until direct- today. And you and I were talking briefly off the air that Bill Barnwell put a thing out about... Steelers are one of his five teams that he thinks will win fewer games than last year. Okay. I mean, they'd have to get to 10 to, for him right. to be wrong. So it's not like he's going out on some crazy limb. But he was talking about the defense, and he said they faced the most difficult slate of offenses of any defense in the league last yeah. year. I and mean, they had the hardest schedule of anyone in the league. And the offense didn't help them at all either. And I guess they were 22nd in points allowed. But they were like 12th in DVOA. I think they were 14th. Maybe, okay. Yeah, Yeah, I was was in that ballpark. You know, that's more, you know. So so. it wasn't awful. No. They they, they weren't, the the pass defense wasn't bad. And obviously they they led the league in sacks. Quarterback a lot. Um, Turnovers were down for the third straight year. Because again, teams weren't, you know, they didn't have to throw. They just weren't going to do it. And you're going to protect your quarterbacks as much as possible. And you do that by running the football. That to Mm -hmm. me is the one thing. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look, but I I don't know that there's probably ever been a team that was last in rushing defense that led the league in sacks. Yeah, right. They kind of that's go hand really in hand. hard to do. It's really hard to do because <laughs> I'm never getting them in third and long. Yeah. When in doubt, run it. <laughs> you know, of course. No, that's interesting. I bet that the answer is no. Yeah. And maybe no one's even been in the top five of either. Let alone be a team that's last in rushing defense and in the bottom half and, and what. 30th in rush offense and make right. the playoffs. Right, right, right. 
That's tough That's to do too. too. Yeah, I mean, That's... so that to, to Barnwell's point, I get what he's saying about the Steelers, and right. we've talked about that. Yeah, you don't have you, you lose Roethlisberger's mental game in, in the fourth quarter, the fourth quarter league. comebacks, yeah, yeah. but you also gain much a great much greater mobility at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. That I mean, you know, and again, I'll go back to what Trubisky was talking about today. You know, he says like. His ability to scramble and, and still keep his eyes down the field on some stuff. Really valuable. Steeler wide receivers, whereas 10 years ago, knew exactly what to do in those situations. Mm-hmm. Now you're teaching these guys, hey, I'm going to keep the play alive. Yeah. And we're going to get some shot opportunities there because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scramble around back there and we're going to try to make a play. That's a, that's a skill. That's a skill. When I was new to being around football as a, a profession, I kind of thought – these scramble drills are dumb. <laughs> I mean, because it's all random. It's yeah, chaos. You don't know. You don't know. I'm sure Ben and Wilson are better at it than Matt Schaub. You know, but there, there's cues. You know, there's a reason yeah. AB was the guy Ben found in those scramble drills all the time, or Tyreek's the one Mahomes finds all the time. It, you know, there's rules still, even though it's six, seven seconds into the into the the, the play. So. You, know, you got to see where the quarterback's going, which mm-hmm. side he's rolling, the field he's rolling to, and if you're on the opposite side of the field, yeah, you better get across the field. I was say you can't make him make an impossible throw, <laughs> right. and the Elways and Mahomes still do sometimes, yeah. and, and Ben made his share as well. And the other thing's true too is this dude's been covering me four or five seconds. He's still kind of in my hip pocket, but I got a crazy quarterback. I don't have to. I can go deep. I can yeah, just keep going. Go for, just keep yeah. going. And that's what you saw Deontay Johnson exactly. do in that game the other yeah. day. And they just they just missed. He they said. Missed, but yeah. He said it's one I'd like to have back. I I threw it to one spot. Deontay thought I was going somewhere else with mm-hmm. it. I mean that would at and the I very least a fifty yard gain. And the, and I'm sure they repped it and talked about it yeah. and said next time I would prefer you did this deal done. You know. Yeah. So there is report to it's not a random situation. No, it's not random at all. I mean, it, teams do work on those yeah. kind of things, and and guys do talk about it. Okay, yeah, here's yeah, what yeah. I want. I know Ben talked about it with with his receivers over mm-hmm. the years. I mean, Heinz Ward would go deep in those situations when you know when he was young, and he's and Ben was a big not, game hunter. Nothing you know I mean, close right. to being a burner, but he no you know, right. But you give me enough time, I'm gonna get down the field. Yeah, and I'm sure some people look at the opposite way too, like. This is an easy time for me to turn this into a comeback route because everyone's worried about getting beat over the top. Right. Boom, 18 yards, let's go, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe you know, you worked that out okay, the tight end's going to work the underneath and mm-hmm. the, you know, the the receiver on that opposite side is going to go long and the other yeah. guy's going to cut it off and you know, but you get those are the things that you work on in the preseason. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, 9 out of 10 quarterbacks if they're on the right hash or in that neighborhood, and you're on the left hash. They're not throwing it the back numbers. that way, <laughs> right? Like you might as well start coming across the field yeah. and break your route flood off. Flood the flood the zone. Yep, yep. We're gonna take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, we'll be back uh, with more here on the Drive right after this. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. 
What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country mega star while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 